From socialservice.sg, I'm Jing Yao. This is the Nine Days podcast covering the 2020 general election in Singapore. It's day nine of GE 2020, the eve of cooling off day. Silver linings in a post GE 2020 Singapore. I am disappointed with the overall general election. It was the missed opportunity not to have substantial, substantive discussions about our social economic and social welfare policies. Now, it is true that the focus on personalities and politics will always dominate an election. However, the difference is that we are still in the middle of a global pandemic, which surfaced many gaps and inequalities in Singapore. Let us not forget too that even before the pandemic, advocates slash activists slash researchers slash academics slash Singaporeans, many of them have been highlighting the challenges of low-income families, of homelessness, of the importance of a living wage. These were ongoing discussions in the past five years. That these issues did not more fully inform this election is disingenuous in my opinion. I have three hypotheses for this disappointment. You have heard the first one. The absence of the physical rallies, which usually dominate news headlines, has allowed the ruling party to set the agenda. And I would say it has done so fairly strategically. We are always talking about the same issues. 10 million, NCMP, mandate. The second is the communication divide. Now I'll give you an example. When news about Workers' Party candidate Raisa Khan broke, the hashtag I support Raisa Khan started trending and was number one on Twitter for some time. Some of this spilled over to Facebook and Instagram, but I don't think the hashtag or the trend made it to the mainstream media. I don't think we're even talking about the closed social media groups on WhatsApp or Telegram. And third, it's the complexity of issues. That to me signals the importance of civic and political engagement between the GEs. There's no way we can have a discussion comparing the progressive wage model with the minimum wage in nine days. The government has plans to extend its wage model beyond the cleaning, security and landscape sectors. But to which industries? A minimum wage sounds good, but how did the parties decide the amount? Based on a basket of goods or a basic standard of living? So, in a way, I guess you could say that I set myself up for disappointment this election. But that does not make the campaigns or the hustings any less disappointing. I want to make a quick note about the civic and political participation of young voters. In the last nine days, I've been having podcast conversations with young voters who are engaged in so many ways. They volunteer with the political parties. They send emails and messages to the candidates and their constituencies. They run their own websites to increase social political literacy. They comb the manifestos and watch the political broadcasts and the online rallies. And they assess where parties stand on particular issues. Now you might say selection bias. I grant you that. But these voters are also generating content. They put voting and election resources on a platform. They tweet and post Instagram stories to raise awareness. They write long, thoughtful Facebook posts which go viral. Now you might say, wait, 
that's a social media bubble. Again, selection bias, confirmation bias, divide between the online and offline worlds. There is some truth in us seeing what we want to see. Fine. But they are also having conversations with their friends and families. Do I think these trends will translate into electoral results this election? Maybe not. Young voters are coming to age with so many tools at their disposal, and their enthusiasm gives me grounds for optimism. To me, the work continues after July 10th. So, what are the other silver linings? First, I hope all political parties continue to use their online platforms beyond GE 2020. It took a pandemic for political and policy content to be more accessible and ubiquitous, so let's keep that. Second, even in defeat or disappointment, the outstanding candidates can still champion their causes and advocate for change in many ways. And third, we are starting to appreciate the importance of social political involvement between the elections. Let us work to create more discursive spaces, centering on the lived experiences of individuals and communities, especially the disadvantaged and the marginalized. Thank you for sticking with me through the nine days. On cooling off day, be sure to check out the list of episodes on socialservice.sg of my interviews with young voters as well as academics and experts. You can also subscribe to the newsletter at tinyletter.com slash socialservice.sg. It's been a pleasure. See you soon.